0: I'm confused. All I hear from you, you spineless cowards, is how poor you are. How you can't afford my taxes, my protection. And yet somehow, you've all managed to find the money to hire a professional gunfighter to kill me. Where's all this money coming from? What am I to think? If you got so much to spare, I'm just gonna have to take some more off you. Because you clearly haven't got the message. This is my town. If you live to see the dawn, it's because I allow it. I'm in charge of everything. I decide who lives or who dies. <laughs>
1: Everyone, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. Trust me, at the end of this show, you're going to you're not going to have any doubt as to why I used that clip from the movie The Quick and the Dead because you know what, it doesn't happen that that uh, that blatant in today's world, but I'm going to convince you that Hillary and Bill Clinton decide who lives and dies and we don't want to let them in the White House. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that you understand that crystal clear is it clear crystal okay so uh but before i do before i do let me introduce myself my name is ed hoffman president wholesale capital corporation your local direct mortgage lender based here in the inland empire offices all over southern california if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 and one last time day or night Toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at wccloans.com where we have all kinds of mortgage information and you can find my direct contact information there. If you want to hear any part of the show repeated, um, you can uh, go go to uh, the main event podcast or you can go to edhoffman.net and click on Listen to main event. You can hear uh, this show as well as four past shows and you can get the main event on podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Go to iTunes or SoundCloud and search Ed Hoffman or the main event or Ed Hoffman, the main event. It'll come up. You can uh, subscribe for free, and it'll download to your uh, your phone or your iPod or your iPad or your uh, computer or your iWatch or whatever you use. It'll download. You can listen anytime you want. And be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me at Twitter at, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com. Forward slash the main event at Hoffman. So uh, it's been one week since Donald plan- Donald Trump unveiled his plan for the first 100 days of his presidency th- at uh, Gettysburg in Pennsylvania. So rather than criticize him for saying uh, this is a rigged election, let's discuss what was good about his speech. Seems that the uh, the media, I-, I heard it, I thought it was great. But apparently the media is only talking about how he's going to sue uh, the women that accused him of of improprieties. Uh, so let's, we're gonna talk about what's what's great on it. And, uh, and he titled it, Contract with the American Voter. Trump's campaign called it his closing argument to voters. Here's some highlights. A
0: constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress. A five-year ban on White House and congressional officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government service. To totally renegotiate NAFTA. Cancel every unconstitutional executive action, memorandum, and order issued by President Obama. Begin the process of selecting a replacement for Justice Scalia. I will work with Congress to introduce the following broader legislative measures and fight for their passage within the first 100 days of my administration. Middle-class tax relief... And simplification act, the repeal and replace Obamacare act, <laughs> end illegal immigration act.
1: Well, apparently they left out some of them. They put a lifetime ban on White House officials lobbying on behalf of a fe- of foreign governments, a complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising money for American elections. Um, he'll a hiring freeze on all federal employees to reduce federal workforce through attrition, exempting ex- exempting military, public safety, and public health. A requirement that every new for every new federal regulation, at least two regulations must be eliminated. A lifetime ban on White House officials lobbying on behalf of uh, foreign government. Announcement that we'll be withdrawing from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, I will direct my Secretary of the Treasury to label China a currency manipulator. Um, I will direct the Secretary of Commerce and U.S. Trade Representative to identify all foreign trading abuses that are unfairly impact American workers and direct them to use every tool under American and international law to end those abuses immediately. Quite frankly, I think they're great. I think he laid them out, laid them out in a in a great fashion. I thought, obviously, he's reading from a teleprompter. So, um, but I can say, hey, I can live with this. And you know what? You know what that does to the people in American politics? It scares the crap out of them. It uh. Because that's their job. He's cutting down the money tree. He's going to cut down th- the little things that they use to make, their, uh, to, make their, to make way more money than they should. People shouldn't go into Congress broke and come out millionaires. People should go in intelligent and spread that intelligence to our system of government and then go back to the private sector. Okay? If you're rich when you get in there and you don't need to go back to work, hey, you don't have to go home. You just can't stay here. Of course, people are still fixated on the idea of Trump being a sexual predator. People like M- Megyn Kelly, who I think needs to go be, uh, I think she's, there's rumors she's going to go be uh, Kelly Rippa's partner on that Good Morning, whatever it is, on Channel 7, um, that used to be um uh, uh, regis and kelly regis and regis and kelly and then regis and catholic anyway uh here's here's the fire exchange between her and newt gingrich this week that has trump voters like me very upset
2: if time, trump is a least, sexual predator that he's is not a sexual predator okay you that's your opinion that. I'm, you not not that I'm, no, not I'm not taking a position that statement i'm i'm sick and tired people it. like you
3: Using language that's inflammatory, that's not true. Excuse me, Mr. Donald, Speaker. Donald, Donald Trump not... You have no idea bis-
2: whether it's true or not. What we know is that neither, there are at neither least... Neither do you. That's right, and I'm not she, taking a position on, on it, unlike yes you. you are. When
3: you use the words, you took a position. So what well, I, I said think it's very is unfair of
2: you to do that, Megan. Incorrect. I think that is exactly the bias people are upset by. I think that your defensiveness on this may speak volume, sir. No, what I said is if. You. No, 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 let me make my point, and then I'll give you the floor. Well, what I said is if... Trump is a sexual predator, then it's a big story. And what we saw on that tape was Trump himself saying that he likes to grab women by the genitals and kiss them against their will. That's what we saw. Then we saw 10 women come forward after he denied actually doing it at a debate to say that was untrue. He did it to me. He did it to me. We saw reporters. We saw people who had worked with him, people from Apprentice and so on and so forth. He denies it all, which is his right. We don't know what the truth is. My so, point to you so, is as a media as a media story we don't get to say the 10 women are lying oh, we have to cover that story sir oh, sure
3: okay so so it's worth 23 minutes of the three networks to cover that story and Hillary Clinton in a secret speech in Brazil to a bank that pays her 225000 saying her dream is an open border where 600 million people could come to America. That's not worth covering. That is worth I mean, you covering. You want to go back and through the did. tapes of your show recently? You are fascinated with sex and you don't care about public policy. Uh, me? No, that's really? what I get out of watching <laughs> you
2: tonight. You know what, Mr. Speaker? I'm not fascinated by sex, but I am fascinated by the protection of women and understanding okay. what we're getting in the Oval Office. And I think the okay. American voters would like and to that's know. And we're going to send Bill Clinton back to the East
3: Wing because, after all, you are worried about sexual predators.
1: Whether or not Donald Trump is a, is a sexual predator or not is, is, is still, still remained to be seen. And quite frankly, you know, grabbing, a, grabbing my woman's genitals and kissing her without her will is something I do daily. So, of course, she's my wife anyway, so who cares? So, uh, so But here, let's, let's stop talking about that. And let's start talking about what we know about Hillary Clinton. While the media is still reporting on women who are just now coming forward to claim Donald Trump sexually assaulted them years ago, and we believe them all because we're just, That's stupid. I want to talk about how the Clintons have left a trail of casualties behind them over the past three decades. You might have heard of the Clinton body count or the Clinton casualties and wondered if they were just conspiracy theories. I don't think they are. And that's why we're going to to go into depth on them today. Because I want you to know, I want you to know who this lady is that some of you or some people that you know are thinking this is the lady that should should be in the White House. Did you know more than 50 people with ties to the Clintons have died untimely, accidental, or, or otherwise suspicious deaths? I have a pretty comprehensive list of them starting in 1977, the year Bill Clinton became Arkansas Attorney General, and they continue all the way through about three weeks ago. So let's start. Number one, Susan Coleman died February 15, 1977. Coleman was rumored to be a mistress of Bill's while he was Arkansas Attorney General. She was pregnant at the time of her death. She was also one of his law school students at the University of Arkansas. Though she died of a gunshot wound to the back of their head, her death was ruled a suicide. Yeah, that's how people usually kill themselves. They shoot themselves in the back of the head. But hmm, I don't know if you don't think it's uh, if you don't think that's evidence of anything weird going on let's go on to number two judy gibbs judy gibbs worked at an arkansas bordello that blackmailed its clients in photos for those of you that don't know what a bordello is that's another name for whorehouse uh a house of Ill, Ill repute a prostitute uh depot one of those okay according to her family bill was her regular customer and there were photos of them together her house was mysteriously burned down with her inside in a sworn statement clinton bodyguard Barry bibby said that he had been with bill when the governor's plane flew over the, her house and clinton's pointed the house out to him i don't know would there be any reason that she would be uh her house would burn down and while she had a baby in her maybe it was bill clinton's baby hard to believe now the next several people are all believed to have been killed because of the they had information on the boys on the tracks the boys on the tracks, Arkansas teenagers Don Henry and Ken Ives, who were murdered on the railroad tracks in 1987. Their families believed it was because they had witnessed a cocaine drop on the tracks, and that was where uh, part of Bill Clinton and his friend Dan Lassiter's drug smuggling operation. Let's hear the list of people who were quietly killed over the next two years while this case was being investigated.
4: April 1988, Keith Coney told his mother he knew too much about the Ives-Henry murders and feared for his life. After being slashed in the neck, he was fleeing for his life on his motorcycle when he slammed into the back of a truck and was killed. Booney Bearden, a friend of the boy's, disappeared. His body was never found. November 1988, Keith McCaskill claimed to have knowledge of the Ives-Henry murders, but was killed before he could testify. McCaskill, knowing that his life was in danger, had said goodbye to his friends and family. He died from 113 stab wounds. January 1989. Gregory Collins claimed to have knowledge of the Ives-Henry murders, but was killed before he could testify. Collins was found dead from a shotgun blast to the face. April 1989. Jeff Rhodes claimed to have knowledge of the Ives-Henry murders, but was killed before he could testify. His body was found in the city dump, dead of a gunshot wound to the head. July 1989. Richard Winters claimed to have knowledge of the Ives-Henry murders, but was killed before he could testify. Winters was silenced by a blast from a sawed-off shotgun. June 1990, Jordan Kettleson claimed to have information on the Ives-Henry murders, but was killed before he could testify. He died from a shotgun blast to the head. To date, no arrests have been made in regard to these murders.
1: Is it starting? Is it starting to sound just a little bit like a scene from Goodfellas or The Godfather, or uh, however many, however many scenes you think you might, you can think of of uh, mafia movies. Lots of videos on on these. If you uh, go back and Google uh, the uh, the real the boys on the tracks, you can find all kinds of videos to explain this thing. But that gets us up to nine nine people that have crossed paths with the Clintons between 77 and 1990, that's 13 years path, that are dead. Okay? I don't, know. I don't know if you think about this. What kind of person grabs a girl's butt without her knowledge? Okay? You know what? I don't believe that Trump did all this stuff because I don't think Trump has to kind of stoop to those levels. But you know what? If he did, there's a whole different kind of person that does that than has people killed. You know what Don and i have have guns now uh we're trained in them, and uh never really wanted them, but I see where the world's going, and I think it's necessary and we go out and practice with them and at some point, if I ever have to use them, I'm hoping that i ha- I have the the instinct to pull the trigger and when it's aimed at a at a human being, but I hope it never happens I hope I never have have to use those because i don't know i don't know can't even imagine what it'd be like to kill somebody. The Clintons don't care. Okay, let's go number 10. Victor Razor was a finance co-chair of Bill Clinton's presidential campaign. He was killed in a plane crash along with his son and three other passengers. Why? Who knows? Just uh, mysterious, mysterious stuff. Who knows what he knew about the finances of Bill Clinton's Clinton's, uh, campaign. Number 11, Paula Grober. Grober was a White House interpreter for the death. She died in an auto accident with no known witnesses, with her body thrown 33 feet from the car. A very attractive woman, Paula had traveled with Bill Clinton since 1978. Hmm. Might be a coincidence. Might have nothing to do with the Clintons. But you know what? She just died in a solo solo accident, and her body was thrown 33 feet from the car. Very attractive woman who used to uh, travel with Bill Clinton. A serial rapist. Okay. Number 12. Bill Wilhite. Wilhite, vice chairman of the natural gas company, ARCLA, was killed when he skied into a tree in Colorado. He died less than a week after Thomas McLarty, chairman of Arkla, also tied to the Clintons, resigned to become the White House chief of staff. So let's see. This guy was skiing. He mysteriously skied into a tree in Colorado, hit a tree hard enough to die. And just a week after, after uh, his boss... Resigned to become White House Chief of Staff. Hmm. So Thomas McLarty got promoted, and this guy worked with Thomas McLarty, and maybe he didn't want Jim Willite to know what was going on because he was doing stuff for the Clintons for some reason because Clinton pointed him to White House Chief of Staff. I might be going conspiracy on a couple of these things, but you know what? I don't think so. Okay? 13 through 26. So the next 13 are about a dozen Clinton bodyguards who have died over the years. Four of them, Sergeant, Staff Sergeant Brian Haney, Marine Sergeant Tim Sable, Major William Barkley, and Captain Scott Reynolds. They had died May 19th in 1993 uh, when their helicopter crashed into the woods near Quantico, Virginia. The head of the fire department on the scene said security was tight and there were lots of Marines with guns. Those Marines seized... Videotapes made by the firefighters. All four men had, had escorted Clinton on his USS Roosevelt aircraft flight shortly before their deaths. So these four guys went, on, went saw uh, Clinton on uh, air, aircraft uh, shortly before that, and they all mysteriously died, and the Marines kept anybody from taking pictures. Um, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. But by the time I get to 56, You're going to say, eh, nobody has this many coincidences. How many people do you know that have committed suicide in your life? I can tell you two. One of my best friends in high school and my brother. Okay, other than that, I don't know anybody else who's ever done it. Okay, eh, could it be me? Maybe I make people commit suicide. Eh, I don't think so. I just think they were in similar places in their lives. But that's two. In addition to these four, there were eight other Clinton bodyguards who have died. Major General William Robertson, Colonel William Densberger, Colonel Robert Kelly, Gary Rhodes, Steve Willis, Robert Williams, Conway LeBleu, and Todd McKehan. Here's one that most people will know the name. Vince Foster, July 20th, 1993. This is the one Clinton-related death that most Americans have heard of. You might remember how anyone who thought Clintons were responsible for it were written off as crazy conspiracy theorists. Foster was a deputy White House counsel as well as Hillary Clinton's friend and law partner from Arkansas. As such, he had extensive knowledge of both Travelgate and Whitewater scandals, We'll talk about Whitewater in a mi- minute, but here's, here's the gist of Travelgate. In May 1993, seven employees of the White House travel office were abruptly fired. The White House said it was because of financial improprieties, but it turned out that it was really so friends of Bill and Hillary could fill those positions and take over all the White House travel business. In the end, all the media attention forced the White House to just give about everyone else their jobs back. Uh, well, we need some job openings for our friends, so we'll just... We'll just have these people killed. Uh, we'll have a bunch of people fired, not killed, and one guy committed suicide for some reason. So there are all kinds of things uh, Vince Foster knew about the Clintons, and he was one speaking on their behalf to the FBI. Right in the middle of Travelgate scandal, he was found dead by a gunshot to his mouth in Washington, D.C. Park. The FBI called it suicide, even though Ken Starr, investigator, said the crime scene was altered. So someone had come in and altered the crime scene after he was dead to make it look like suicide. I don't know. The Washington Post reported federal investigators were not allowed to enter Foster's office after his death, but for some reason, White House aides were. Linda Tripp, who you remember as the Pentagon employee who secretly taped her phone conversations with Monica Lewinsky, testified to a grand jury. None of the behavior following Vince Foster's suicide computed to people mourning Mr. Foster. It was far more ominous than it than it was Extremely questionable behavior. I felt endangered. So she felt that everybody that should have been going, Oh, I can't believe he's dead and crying. Just were acting weird. Okay, that's 27 people. Now let's go to 28. John Parnell Walker, August 15, 1993. Walker was investigating the Whitewater case on behalf of Resolution Trust Corporation. He fell to his death from the top of the Lincoln Towers building in Arlington, Virginia. Hmm. Investigating in a case that uh, uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton might be uh, implicated in, and he just decided to go to the top of the Lincoln Towers and jump off. <clears throat> A lot of people do that, I guess. Uh, Dr. Stanley Hurd, number 29, September 10, 1993. Just about 25 days later, Arkansas doctor Stanley Hurd from Arkansas had treated Bill Clinton's mother, stepfather, and brother and served as chairman of the Clinton National Chiropractic Healthcare Advisory Committee. He and his attorney, Steve Dixon... We were both killed in a plane crash near Washington, D.C. Dixon flew his own plane from Topeka, Kansas, but it developed problems flying over St. Louis, so they landed and rented another plane, which proved fatal. Maybe nothing there. Maybe something. Number 30, Jerry Luther Parks, September 26, 1993. Parks was head of security for Bill Clinton's headquarters in Little Rock. He was shot through the rear window of his car while attempting to drive through an intercession. There was evidence that the car had been stopped and seven shots were fired. Linda Tripp also commented on his death to Ken Starr's grand jury, saying she was alarmed at the secrecy surrounding his death and that the reaction of the White House to his death caused her concern. When pressed for further comment, Tripp said, I don't know what else to say. Hmm. Have you seen that movie, The Firm? Hey, these people just died. They were out out scuba diving in the Cayman Islands and the boat just blew up. No signs of the two bodies or the other two guys that were on the boat. Huh? What other two guys? Okay, Ed Willie. Ed Willie, November 29, 1993. Ed Willie was the husband of Bill, of Bill Clinton accuser Kathleen Willie. In her 2007 book, Target Caught in the Crosshairs of Bill and Hillary Clinton, Willie uh, pointed suspicion to the Clintons for the death of her husband, Ed, which had been ruled suicide. Kathleen wrote in her book, The possibility lingers, logical or not, that Ed was murdered. No, people close to these people, they know. Number 32, Gandhi Baugh, January 8th, 1994. Baugh had been attorney for Bill Clinton's friend, Dan Laster, who owned a ski resort in New, in New Mexico. Hmm, ski resorts in New Mexico. Mexico. I can think of one, Taos. Uh, but a ski resort in New Mexico used for drug operations and money laundering. He was sentenced to six months in prison, but was later pardoned by Clinton. He reportedly killed himself by leaping from the window of a tall building. People that know the Clintons seem to like to jump out of buildings. Maybe they were practicing to be base jumpers. I don't know. Just seems weird to me. James Bunch, February 11, 1994. Bunch was a Texas State employee who ran prostitution ring from his office in Austin. He was said to have owned a little black book of influential people from Texas and Arkansas who visited prostitutes. Bunch's files contained descriptions of his high-profile clients, their sexual preferences, the amount of money they were willing to spend, and whether they were good or bad clients who might hurt the escorts. There were also rumors that the underage girls were working under him. He was found dead of a gunshot wound, ruled a suicide. I didn't know there was this many suicides in the world. Number 34, Kathy Ferguson, May 10th, 1994. Ferguson was the ex-wife of Arkansas Trooper Danny Ferguson, the co-defendant in Paula Jones' sexual harassment suit. Because she had escorted Paul Jones to Bill Clinton's hotel room, she was corroborating witness for Jones during the sexual harassment trial. She reportedly died from a suicide in which she shot herself in the head, although her packed luggage was found near her body, indicating she had planned to leave home. Yeah, I'm getting ready to leave because I know I'm going to testify, and then I'm getting out. But instead, I decided to kill myself first. I don't know. It just seems coincidence. Okay, number 35, Bill Shelton. June twelfth, nineteen ninety four. Shelton was the fiancé of Kathy Ferguson. He had openly questioned whether Kathy had actually committed suicide. He was found dead at her gravesite with a gun next to him, just one month after her death. His death was also ruled a suicide. Hey, you know what? My girlfriend. There's no way she committed suicide. She loved life. We had plans. There's nothing, no reason to. She would ever have considered suicide. Next thing you know, I'm dead. <clears throat> All right. So that was the first. That was the first thirty-five of the Clinton casualties. Uh, stay tuned. We need to take a break for five minutes of weather traffic and commercials, and we're going to come back with number 36 through number 56. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk much about mortgage or lending or uh, real estate on this show because I just don't think it's that exciting for you unless you're in the market for it. But if you are in the market for it and you hear someone on the radio that thinks like you, that's who you want to talk to when you do financing. Whether you want to buy, refi, reverse mortgage, buying houses to live in, buying houses to get your uh, kids out of your basement, investment properties, second home, vacation homes, or any kind of questions you have about reverse mortgage, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or get me on my website at wccloans.com. So we've been talking uh, in the first half about uh, Clinton casualties. Well, uh, we have an election coming up a week from Tuesday and uh, one, of our, uh, one of our candidates against Donald Trump uh, the only, actually, the only opposition, the only danger to our country, is Hillary Rodham, Rodham Clinton, and it appears that uh, people that get around uh, the Clintons uh, are either yes men or they're dead men, and uh, so we've gone through 35 of them already, and uh, and talked about uh, what surrounded the circumstances of their death. And how they died, and uh, how it was how it was dealt with. We're going to continue with uh, number thirty-six coming up here uh, right now. Stanley Huggins, number thirty-six, June twenty-third, nineteen ninety-four. June was June ninety-four was a big was a big uh, busy month for. Hitman, I guess. Huggins had had been investigating the collapse of Madison Guarantee Savings alone. Jim McDougall's bank, and you'll hear what well, you'll hear more about in just a moment. He died of viral pneumonia before his 300 pages of findings could be re- released. Yeah, pneumonia could happen. Okay, number 37, Ron Brown. Ron Brown was a U.S. Secretary of Commerce. He was killed in a plane crash after Hillary Clinton dispatched him on a dubious mission to the war-torn corner of Bosnia. Brown and 34 others died when the Air Force plane crashed into Croatian mountainside. He had threatened to expose the White House's Chinese fundraising scheme. Just before his death, he told friends he was scared for his life. Cause I think the Clintons want to kill me. Um I don't know that I added that in myself. Number 38, Barbara Wise. Uh, Barbara Wise was a 14-year Commerce Department staffer appointed by Reagan who stayed on through Bush and Clinton's administrations. It's believed she knew of illegal dealings between Bill Clinton and the Chinese government and Ron Brown, her boss, whose death we just covered. After After she was suspected of leaking Commerce documents exposing the scandal, she was found dead, naked, and bruised from head to waist in a locked Commerce Department office. President Clinton left for an unscheduled trip to Camp David that morning. Hmm Dead, naked and bruised from head to waist." Hmm. You know, the dead, naked part would indicate that maybe uh, Clinton did it himself because he might wanted to play around with her because he's a serial sex, uh, he's a serial rapist. Yeah, but we continue. Number 39: John Hillier: November 29, 1996. NBC cameraman John Hillier was investigating a drug smuggling operation in Mena, Arkansas, while Clinton was governor, and also worked on the Clinton expose videos, Circle of Power, and the Clinton Chronicles. Hillier's filmmaking partner said once they started interviewing people in Arkansas, they discovered the criminality was far worse than they had imagined. We were followed on a regular basis, he said, when they temporarily moved in with some other journalists interested in exposing the clintons they discovered eight bugs in the house they reported that someone tried to break in one night and recognized the man as one governor one of governor clinton's security staff during the filming two of their sources were found dead before they could be interviewed hillier called his partner in 1996 to say he had uncovered new information on clinton but they had to meet in person cuz he was scared because he was scared he died of a heart attack 3 days later coincident Number 40. You know, let's say half of these things, let's say half of these things are are just coincident. So far, we've got 20 of them that are murder. Mary Mahoney, July 6, 1997. Mahoney was a White House intern until till 1995. She later worked at DC Starbucks, where she became friends with one of her customers. White House intern Monica Lewinsky. Mahoney and her two co-workers were killed during what was supposedly a robbery of the Starbucks even though there was 10,000 left in the safe. A man named Carl Cooper was charged with their murders in March 1999. He pled guilty but changed his story to the FBI during the trial. Mahoney was shot five times with, a, with the key to the safe in her hand. This happened during Paula Jones' sexual harassment l- lawsuit against Bill Clinton and three days after Lewinsky told Bill she wanted to tell her parents about their affair. His answer, his answer to her was, it's a crime to threaten the president. Friends of Lewinsky told investigators that Monica did not want to end up like Mary Mahoney. So that's July 6, 1997. Ron Miller, number 41, October 12, 1997. Miller was an Oklahoma businessman scheduled to testify against First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton and White House Chief of Staff Thomas McLarty. The regulatory hearing was on money laundering and price gouging at the Arkla Corporation, the natural gas company that McLarty was previously chairman of. In the months leading up to the hearing, Miller received phone, received phone and in-person threats. He became ill on October 2nd and died 10, t- 10 days later, never able to testify. The Oklahoma medical examiner, examiner declared Miller's death a medical mystery. It's a mystery. I don't know. the mystery. Anybody who, anybody who just crossed paths with the Clintons and threatens them, they just mysteriously die. Does this sound like someone you want to, want to uh, vote for? I don't think so. 42, Eric Buttera. Eric Buttera was an informant who had information about the murder of Mary Mahoney. Buttera was asked to help police with an undercover drug buy during which he was beaten to death. Hmm. Hey, I got information about this person dying. And uh, he was asked to help police undercover drug buy. And he mysteriously got beaten to death by their, uh, by their enemies that weren't really enemies. Okay, James McDougal, March 8, 1998. McDougal was the brains of the Clintons' Whitewater Scandal. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Whitewater Scandal was a real estate controversy involving the Clintons, James McDougal, and his wife, Susan. In 1978, when Bill Clinton was Arkansas Attorney General, the two couples bought 220 acres of land in the Ozark Mountains and called it Whitewater, Whitewater Development Corporation, with the intention of turning it into vacation properties. The venture failed, costing Clinton's $40,000 in losses. Yet James McDougall decided to form his own bank, Madison Guarantee and Savings and Loan. In 1985, McDougal used funds funds improperly withdrawn from his customers' bank accounts to pay back his now-governor, now Bill Clinton, $50,000 campaign debt. McDougal hired Hillary Ro- Hillary's Rose Law Firm, to help him fight federal regulators. And during this time, witnesses from the from the firm saw Hillary personally request that many of the bank's files be destroyed. Sound familiar? Does it? Hey, let's just destroy these emails. Well, back then they didn't have emails. In 1989, Madison Guarantee Savings and Loan was shut down by, by the feds. The bailout cost taxpayers $60 million. James and Susan McDougall were indicted on federal charges, but the Clintons were never charged with any criminal conduct. I don't know. Sounds like there's two sets of rules. McDougal died in federal prison in 1998, just a few months before he was scheduled for release. And right after he started cooperating with Ken Starr's investigators. The day after his death, Baltimore Sun reported his death appears to be appears to reduce the legal risks of president Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton. And was a clear setback to Starr and his prosecutors who huddled in their office late after that McDougal's death was announced. What were they huddled together for? Uh, protection. Okay. Number forty-four, Johnny Lawhorn Jr., March twenty-ninth, ninety-eight. Lawhorn, a mechanic, discovered a large check made out to Bill Clinton from Madison Guarantee Savings and Loan. The check was found in the car. To, found in a car at his repair shop. Shortly thereafter, he was killed in a car accident. Hmm. Let's look back on that one. Let's see. The car comes in. Has a check that no one's supposed to know about. The guy's a mechanic. He sees it, says, wow, here's a uh, check from Madison Guarantee Savings for $100 million or whatever it was. And uh, he just didn't need to see that because he died accidentally on purpose. Number 45, David McLeod. Lieutenant General David McLeod was Bill Clinton's director for Joint Chiefs of Staff Force Structure in 1996-97. He was killed while he piloted his personal aircraft in 1998. Some believe he is one of 24 flag officers who sought to arrest Clinton for treason under the uniform code of military justice. Now let's take a pause from the casualty list for another clip. This is from Hillary's America, Dinesh D'Souza's movie. Listen to him describe the Clinton marriage and what Bill himself said about their marriage when they were under a microscope during the Lewinsky scandal.
5: Hillary covers up for Bill by attacking, undermining and discrediting his victims, and it's worked all the way to the White House. I, I
0: think most Americans would agree that it's very admirable that you had, have stayed together, that you've worked your problems out, that you seem to have reached some sort of an understanding and, and an arrangement. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. But <laughs> wait a minute. You're looking at two people who love each other. This is not an arrangement or an understanding. This is a marriage.
1: That's a very different thing. Yeah, if that's what a marriage is, then I wonder what my, what my wife Dawn and I have. Because it just seems different, just seems different with them, like Don and I sleep in the same bed every night, you know and in the same bed in the same house, and when we go away to like the river or skiing or on business trips, we go together, and then we sleep in the same bed every night, and uh you know we go places we go together, and uh before either one of us spends any of our money, we let the other one know it's just a simple thing how marriages work, and uh but apparently what i think is a marriage and what bill and hillary clinton thinks is a marriage are two different things okay let's continue number 46 corporal eric s fox march 22nd 1999 fox was a marine one helicopter crewman during clinton administration he was found shot in the head and after his death and and his death was declared a suicide well marines do kill themselves but this guy was piloting the president around on marine 1 that's usually not what they kill themselves for. They usually kill themselves because they don't have jobs and they're down on their luck and they're depressed and they saw some things they shouldn't have. All right, that one could be that one could be a conspiracy theory, but I don't think. Number 47, Charles Wilborn Miller, November 17, 1999. Miller was the VP of Altel, the company that created Clinton White House's Big Brother data system, software that kept track of the White House visitors, political donors, and the Clinton enemies list during Bill's presidency. He was found dead of a gunshot wound to the head in a shallow pit about 300 yards from his ranch house in Little Rock. Uh, does that sound like suicide? I eh, don't think so. Um, Charles Gigliotti, April 28, 2000. Gigliotti was a thermal imaging expert hired by Congress to analyze surveillance footage from the FBI's 1993 raid on the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas. He was found dead in his Maryland home, his badly decomposed body sitting at his desk. His friend attorney, David T. Hardy, is quoted saying, I think, you, I think he may have known too much. Carlos told me he had discovered things that were much, much worse than anything he had that, he had, come out, that had come out yet. I don't know. He knew too much. He was, uh, he was getting all the details on the Branch Davidian. If you don't remember the Branch Davidians, when that David Koresh guy had all these people down in near Waco, Texas, and uh, uh, we basically set the building on fire to try and force him out, and a bunch of people died in it. It's a big, uh, it was a big legal, legal uh, protest and all that stuff. So anyway, that's what happened. He knew too much, and uh, he, he just died. So uh, Charles Ruff, November 2000, Charles Ruff, Clinton attorney during Bill Lewinsky, Bill's Lewinsky scandal and impeachment trial reportedly died after an accident in his Washington, D.C. home. You know what? I'd like to see the building, the building, uh, the building codes for Washington, D.C. because those houses are just not safe, apparently. They're building them too safe, too unsafe, you know, knives sticking out of the counters and you just come around the corner and stab yourself things that blow up in him and set fires. One report said he was found unconscious outside his shower. Other reports said he had a heart attack. There weren't any Clinton casualties to report for on for about 10 years after that. So let's jump to 2010. So from 2000, when the Clintons got out of the, got out of the White House, for 10 years we were clean. Probably because Hillary, uh, I don't know. I don't know why, actually. Can't can't even think because she became a senator shortly thereafter and then was Secretary of State in 2008. So let's just jump. Maybe we uh, lost track of uh, who they were killing at that time. Uh, number 50, Gareth Williams, uh, August 16th, 2010. Williams, a transatlantic M-16 spy, was found naked, padlocked, and stuffed in a 32-by-19-inch duffel bag in his London bathtub. Okay, he was found naked padlocked and stuffed in a 32-by-19-inch duffel bag in his London bathtub. According to the UK Sun, he had illegally hacked secret data on Bill Clinton. Scotland Yard called the death a suicide, saying Williams locked himself in the bag. There were no known Clinton casualties for the next six years, but in 2016, we have six new people to add. So let me think. Here's a guy who killed himself, and locked himself in a 32-by-19-inch duffel bag. Yeah, that could happen. He's one of them Cirque du Soleil people on the side, and he could do all that stuff. Okay, so let's get to the home stretch. Number 51, John Ash, June 22, 2016. Ash was the president of the United Nations General Assembly in 2013 and 14. He died in an apparent barbell accident with a crushed windpipe the day before he was set to testify against the Democrat National Committee and Hillary Clinton. Here's the full, por- here's the full report from One America News.
3: Authorities first reported Ash's death as a heart attack but later recanted statements after an autopsy report showed he died due to a crushed windpipe. Ash died last month just a few days before he was set to testify with his co-defendant and Lapsang, a Chinese businessman who illegally funneled millions of dollars to American businessman Charlie Tree, who then used the money to donate to the DNC during Bill Clinton's re-election. Charlie Tree was also rumored to be a Clinton Foundation donor during Bill Clinton's reign as president. Prosecutors accused Ash of accepting thousands of dollars in bribes from the Chinese businessman when he served as a UN president in 2013 the same year Hillary Clinton served as secretary of state
1: yeah i don't know how many of you guys out there are powerlifters and get on the bench press with a tons of weight but uh typically typically it's re- probably pretty hard to have a weight just drop right on your neck cuz typically you stick your arms on it to lift it off the lift it off the rack and if you if you lose it, it usually falls to the side, um, and you can certainly stop it from hitting your neck. Um, I have to call BS on this. So, but uh, so he just mysteriously June twenty second. That was five months ago. Seth Rich, number fifty two, July tenth, two thousand sixteen. Twenty seven year old Democrat National Committee staffer Seth Rich death was reported on extensively last summer. Thanks to it happening right before the DNC convention. Rich was shot in the back of the head around 4 a.m. on July 10th in what authorities called a robbery even though the wallet and cash were found on him. Some have said Rich may be the whistleblower who gave the damning information on the DNC to WikiLeaks. Specifically, they got sabotaged uh, specifically that they sabotaged Bernie Sanders' campaign so no one would stand in Hillary's way. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange hinted this was a possibility. Listen.
5: Uh, whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. There's a 27-year-old that uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, That was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding.
1: No, no finding. So let's let's just continue. We covered this that one uh, a couple of uh, several weeks ago. Uh, Fifty-three, Joe Mantano, July twenty-fifth, two thousand sixteen. Uh, four months ago, folks. Three months ago, forty-seven-year-old uh, Mantano, a close aide to Hillary Hillary's running mate Tim Kaine, who had also worked at the DNC, died of a heart attack despite his family saying he was healthy. This happened the same week as the WikiLeaks DNC email dump and the first day of the Democratic National Convention, which he was planning to attend. And I don't know what the motivation is to kill one of uh, Tim Kaine's uh, um, assistants, but it is what it is. Okay, number 54, Victor Thorne, August 1st, 2016, that's uh, August, September, October, we're almost three three months The author of several books exposing the Clintons, the most recent of which is titled Crowning Clinton, Why Hillary Shouldn't Be in the White House. He was found dead of a gunshot wound on top of a mountain near his Pennsylvania Pennsylvania home. Thorne had appeared on an internet-based Russell Scott show in 2015, and here's what Scott said after Thorne's death.
0: Victor Thorne was a guest on my program twice. He was going to come back again this September Uh, He was a good guy, we had a good rapport. Now, I don't know for a fact that he didn't kill himself, but I do know for a fact that he said to me, Russell, if I'm ever found dead, it was murder. I would never kill myself.
1: Yeah, I would think that he probably was just lying to his friend. He probably, he probably wanted to commit suicide. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, he wrote too many books about Clinton... And uh, the, the guys in the black helicopter showed up and made him go to sleep for a long time, take a dirt nap. Number 54, Sean Lucas. Sean Lucas was the attorney found dead on his bathroom floor one month after serving the DNC with a lawsuit on behalf of Bernie Sanders supporters who alleged who alleged that the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz rigged the Democratic primary for Hillary. His friends are said to be completely freaked out by his death because authorities refused to say how he died. A friend filmed Lucas serving the lawsuit at the DNC headquarters in Washington, D.C. on June 28th. Here's a clip of that. How are
2: you doing, jobs, Mason. You
5: Um, I'm just with the DNC upstairs. With the DNC? Yes.
1: All right. Well, this is going to be a service to the DNC. DNC? Okay. And this is for Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Perfect. You guys have been served. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll see you in court. Okay, so that was number uh, 55, Sean Lucas. 54 was Victor Thorne. 54, five was Sean Lucas. And 56, this one's happened on September 30th, less than a month ago. Dr. Sandeep Sherlocker. Dr. Sherlocker treated Hillary Clinton for brain injury that she suffered in 2012. Remember, she fell down and then she had a blood clot and, and a concussion and she couldn't testify in the Benghazi case. Uh, he died just one, th- one month ago, September 30th, and what investigators called suicide by overdose. Remember this was the same brain brain injury that started all the talk about Hillary's questionable health for 4 years ago. And also the same brain injury that Bill claimed took her 6 months to recover from. To be fair, Sherlocker and four other doctors were under federal indictment in a kickback scheme where about 1.37 million was stolen from the American Spine Center practice where they where they worked regardless. He would have just, he would most likely have some detailed information on Hillary's medical conditions, and he died amidst amidst intense interest in his health. What's the point of all this? Well, you can say what you want about Donald Trump, but the Clintons are bad people, period. And the Democrats have protected them at every step of the way for the past 30 years. Here's Dinesh D'Souza with some final words that I hope will inspire you to vote for against this creature known as Hillary Clinton.
5: Now we know who Hillary Clinton really is. If Hillary is elected president, we could see the completion of this thievery project in which the Hillary Democrats take everything from everyone. Democrats are the party of exploitation, subjugation, and theft. They blame the South or Republicans or even America for the horrible things that they have done. They are the ones who are to blame. Are we not done with this larcenous duo? How much these partners in crime have already stolen from us? How much more will we let them take?
2: Some candidates in this race are resorting to ugly, hateful rhetoric.
5: Hateful rhetoric? The Clintons are hateful people with a hateful history. Imagine how much worse things could get if these two depraved
1: crooks returned to the White House. Folks, a week from Tuesday is November 8th. Election Day. Don't sit home don't do anything stupid, like vote for Hillary and don't do anything stupid like sitting home and don't do anything stupid like voting for anybody but Trump. Our one chance to stop Hillary, which should what should overshadow the, the prospects of Trump being president, our one our one mission is stop Hillary from being president. Trump might be the greatest president ever, and he might be no, th- no big deal. We're not sure. We know for a fact. Hillary Clinton is corrupt And if you want our our country to start working Like a third world country That's Hillary So it's so important A week from Tuesday Is election day Go out there and vote for Trump And vote the rest of the ticket Next week I'm going to talk about Talk about the the entire uh, election All the the, uh, propositions And I will take you down uh, So you have an idea If you're not sure on some of them I'll give you some advice But meanwhile I'm out of time For this episode of The Main Event Thanks for listening to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I will be back again with you next week.
5: The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License number 603-K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199.